As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Joelle Steiniger. I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Matt Goldman. Today we talked with Jane Portman, who has a book coming out soon all about helping SaaS founders do an audit of their project and fix the UI and UX flaws in it. Uh, one of the problems that she's found is that early on, uh, founders don't necessarily have the budget to invest in design. So they glue together all these features they have in mind. And then later on, when they come back to design, they just put a nice code over the top of it. And she thinks that she has a better approach than that. Yeah, I love her philosophy um, that design really isn't uh, just about style. It's really about getting to the core of why someone's using your product and making it as easy as possible for them to achieve that goal. Um, So lots to learn here. Let's get into it. Wistia is a video hosting platform built specifically for business. 
If you're using video as a part of your marketing strategy, you need to be able to measure its impact. Wistia is helping over 175,000 businesses do just that with premium video hosting, lead generation tools, and in-depth video analytics. For more about Wistia, visit wistia.com forward slash rocketship. So Jane, tell us what you're working on. So right now I'm putting together a book for SaaS founders that's going to educate them on the subject of UI and UX design. And I'm trying to teach SaaS founders to overcome common UX flaws and uh, to really build a UI that is focused on the customer's goals. And that will really bring them business success as well. Not only just pretty picture. So what made you want to write this book? Tell us a little bit about um, the background. Right. So I've been working uh, in the design area for over 10 years. And I started out as a UI designer and worked out uh, my way as a, towards the position of a creative director in a large agency. And then I uh, went solo and started helping uh, SaaS businesses with the UX design. And um, it was an organic shift from that towards products uh, because uh, there is very high demand for design services, whereas design founders don't really usually don't usually have funds for you know hiring a professional designer. So uh, the demand for this knowledge is clearly uh, on stage. It's just that uh, would like to have a more affordable product rather than hire a UX expert from the starting point. So I'm trying to uh, kind of monetize my knowledge to monetize whatever I've been hired for for 10 years and try to put it in a product form. So what's the big uh, you know, takeaway that you're trying to teach founders in this book? So there is a list of... Um, there is a list of things that should be doing and the, the list of things that they should be not. But the key point is to approach the UI of your app um, from the standpoint of a customer and from the standpoint of his daily activities and his core goals that he initially signed up to achieve using your app. Usually founders uh, approach uh, you know, the interface as a combination of uh, features that they need to pack together in, into something pretty, but that's not the right way to do that. And um, I'm trying to make them reconsider that and to make those big expensive design decisions uh, so that, um, you know, just to make the whole fi- uh, picture fi- fit together in their mind, the UI and the features of their app. So the way that a lot of people handle it now is they they piece together all these different features they have in their mind, and then later on, when they can afford it, they want to put a a pretty coat over the top of what they've already created, and you think that there's a better approach than that. That's right. Uh, when they invite a designer to put together that pretty coat, um, you know, the designer usually is not very brave uh, to... Uh, to question the major decisions. So you're not really getting a UX overhaul there. You're just getting, you know, a layer of style. But the style is not precisely, it's just a part of design. And uh, uh, the key decisions you have to probably make yourself or you have to be very educated to steer your designer towards that. So what mistakes do you see people making, um, not necessarily from a a style standpoint, but from like a you know a core product functionality standpoint are are there some basic things you see people just missing the bar on 
Um, I see that generally founders try to make things more complicated than they can really be. And uh, one of my favorite things is just to put like one content list per page, for example, while founders are just fond of making things more complicated. They love putting together dashboards and, you know, very complex functionality that's not always required. It's hard to put together. It's hard for the user to comprehend it. And uh, it doesn't serve anybody any good. And uh, I've been watching founders really suffer from feature creep. And I'm going to be trying to prevent that. (laughs) So how do you prevent that feature creep when oftentimes you're the one introducing it as a a founder? Um, Yeah, I think it's all about the mindset that you should be uh, keeping while... uh, putting together your app, that you are not trying to make your app be everything for everybody, but you should try to keep your functions aligned to that vertical of that customer goal rather than, you know, spreading wide into uh, adjacent areas and, uh, you know, uh, trying to replace other uh, things that can be easily integrations of other apps, for example. Yeah, that's actually really hard to do. <laughs> I imagine, <laughs> yes. And uh, um, I just, uh, f- like over the last few years, we've been doing productized consulting, which means you have to go back to the same client every month and do stuff. And I just observe feature creep all the time. So I'm going to try and uh, give some advice on that. <laughs> so how do you backtrack on that once you've kind of gone down that road? Um, how do you kind of untangle a mess that you've made? <sighs> It is interesting. Um, it, it is certainly hard to, you know, roll features back after they've been rolled out. <laughs> but um, I think uh, it is still possible. At least you can really organize existing features very well and, you know, structure them into nice and neat menus and instead of, you know, spreading them all over the place. And whenever you actually add new features, you don't make a huge hit out of them. You just, you know, organically put them into places whenever uh, the situation occurs in real life so that the customer doesn't get overwhelmed with new features all the time, even if you introduce them. So when you're looking at how to structure a product, do you have any tips on how, um, how founders can discover where the value is and what they really want the customer to do and then model the product around that? Mm, there are a few key questions that you need to answer when you're, you know, putting together a product UX. Uh, first, you need to uh, uh, answer a question: What was that key goal uh, that the customer signed up to achieve? For example, for CRM uh, product, that would be, you know, selling the product, uh, selling something, and um, then you put to, put that goal take that goal and break it down into a few daily routines you just imagine that person sitting down at his desk every day and try to facilitate his daily decisions try to facilitate his life uh, for example in CRM software it would be really important to um, I've seen this flaw a few times when there's a task uh, a list uh, of um, tasks for the day, but there is not enough information to deal with these tasks right away so that the user has to browse. And it's always, it's nice to browse, but it's also great, for example, to include the phone numbers and the basic info for each customer on the uh, homepage, for example, so um, that the user can just do his basic workflow without browsing a lot around your app, if that example serves you well. <laughs> 
So you're really trying to understand on the deepest level possible uh, what they need to do in your app every day and then making it as easy as possible for them to do that. That's correct. And um, there are, of course, a few other screens like setting up profile, a profile and, you know, all these hardworking screens, they're important. But uh, if you focus on those few key apps, uh, key screens that actually put, uh, they form the daily experience, that's going to be uh, really great for the experience. When you're coming in as a, a consultant or offering productized consulting, what are the, the steps you take to become familiar with a new product and really understand what those daily routines are for customers? Because it's hard enough when you have your own product and you're trying to you know, understand how your customers use it. How do you come into a, a foreign product as either a consultant or maybe a new employee and figure it out? Um, great question. Um, of course, we do extensive uh, talks with the founders, and usually the founders know this uh, most of, uh, best of all the other you know, the founders are the right people to uh, answer this question, and they know more um, than anybody else. So I chat with them, and then we try and construct that experience. And usually, uh, you know, the key insights that don't occur immediately usually takes a few months um, to see how our progress um, that has been re- already implemented, how it, um, how it reflects on their work on the workflow of actual clients so there are of course some client interview uh, involved uh, from the founders part and so we iterate on that from month to month and are you, what and do that, you measure mm-hmm. to like track that um, i think for for the level of a bootstrap founder um, they don't really measure any con- you know, specific metrics, but they rather do like qualitative analysis. They talk to a few customers, but the talk is really extensive and they try to understand their behavior. Um, I know there is a world of uh, bigger scale testing, but um, unfortunately I found that not all small founders have resources to do that and to do, you know, the quantity analysis of that. When you're looking at why a person signed up for a product, how do you determine the reasons for that? Are you talking to, to potential leads to understand why they're coming in, or is that more uh, something that the founder has a good idea of? Um, that is certainly the key uh, aspect of, of the marketing for, for that product. So um, it is usually the best products. they actually quite focused on whatever that goal is, and they're trying to really nail that down on the sales page. And, uh, you know, the idea is to continue the marketing that you started on the sales page and to bring it into the experience that the customer gets. So they're related and he doesn't feel like he was abandoned somewhere <laughs> in, in, in middle point. Um, and um, so we're trying to put those features front and center uh, rather than burying them somewhere. So how do you do a design audit on an application? Um, you know, you, you get that first version. How do you audit that for your UI hiccups, mistakes? What does the testing on that look like? Right, so um, for in my case, the process looks like that. Uh, first, you answer a set of questions, like the ones I mentioned, which had these questions uh, focus on the, you know, on the actual, um, on the, 
on the customer goals, why they signed up for it. So there is a breakdown of the functionality. And then we are trying to list the screens that you have and go back from and go backwards and try to connect those with the functions. Besides that, there is a special uh, checklist which lists, you know, common flaws that you can find. And we just make sure that these flaws are not there. Like for a navigation, you need to, you know, you need to have the way back, for example. You have to have a clear understanding where exactly you are. Each screen needs to be to have a, uh, a specific title, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a whole list of things that need to be done. We're trying to make sure these are met, yeah. So are you doing user testing or is this self-testing that um, to, to kind of figure out where the hiccups are? Because, I mean, everything is very um, specific to an application, um, but I'm wondering how you figure out when you've been in the application for six months, you know every way to get around. Um, are there, there any ways to determine where other people are having problems? Mm. I think for your question, the perfect answer would be do user, user testing. But um, as I'm coming in as you know an external expert and trying to give generalist advice in a mm. book, uh, I come from a list of common flaws and trying to make sure that you don't make them in real life. Okay. Uh, because unfortunately, I'm I, I'm not in the position to do you know to do user testing from that side of things. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. But. Um, I think the combination of two would be just perfect for any founder. Okay, yeah. Um, and then how do you determine, like, what is the most important aspects of your application? Once you've put it out, how do you measure those? Mm, do you mean how we measure, like, effectiveness of the screens that we have? Mm -hmm. mm, I think this is a very good question. Um quite sure that with a certain effort of the founder, there's a system that can be put in place that measures, you know, um, the screens that usually cause the most confusion. For example, uh, the screens that are abandoned most often or uh, the screens when the activity suddenly slows down or something happens. But this is certainly not something I'm able to automate or to advise on automating, like from the point of the book. Uh, mm. But I think this is a very interesting direction for for thought. That's probably a topic for for another discussion. Oh, like, okay, okay. Uh, uh, that's uh, what he's saying is probably automated user testing. That's something okay. like that. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to share a bit about the book or the uh, the course that you're going to be giving away for free when the book comes out? Um. Yeah. So the way I'm putting together the book, I'm. Uh, putting together um, a number of uh, apps that I'm going to be auditing, and I'm in the process of that. So I privately audit a number of apps, uh, about 10. I'm spotting their uh, the common patterns. They have uh, successful patterns and not so successful. And uh, this is how I actually gather material for, for the audit part. And um, the essential part of it, a small part of it, is going to be available as a free course, which is called the One Hour UI Audit, which will consist of uh, three 
20 minute sessions and each session would be dedicated to a key aspect of the app. Um, one of them will be covering functionality, one more layout and uh, the third one style. So there, there's going to be three checklists uh, for founders that they can easily apply to their SaaS, like starting today. And I hope this will bring great value. That's awesome. And when's the book going to be launching? Uh, the book is coming up in September. I'm joining Amy Hoy's uh, Ship by September Challenge. We'll see how that will be successful. Uh, so, And I'm planning to do pre-orders. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Can you let everyone know where they can keep up with you online to know when all that goes down? Right. So my site is uibreakfast.com and um, all of this is available from there. The uh, the page for the free course is uibreakfast.com slash one hour. One is the number and hour is the word. And uh, the book is going to be available at uibreakfast.com slash audit. Perfect. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. That's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. We have discounts on products that we use every day, like Woo Themes, Wistia, Treehouse. Go to rocketship.fm forward slash essentials and get your discounts today. I'm stuck in this bed Thin rubber gloves She laughs when she's crying She cries when she's